0: of it. So (laughs) we're we're in chapter five of James today, and we're going to be looking hopefully at at this first six verses. My guess is we'll get through about three, maybe four. Uh, We're going to kind of take it as a whole, and so we'll be kind of massaging back and forth as we go through this. It's kind of hard to do this in a a verse by verse at times because of the way things come together, but uh, again James chapter 5 verses 1 through 6 is, is our 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 goal and uh, I was reading uh as I was preparing this I was reading a a, a a small joke that a comedian had he said that he says if money talks it all it ever says to me is goodbye and uh that's one of the things <laughs> that I find uh, that's true is you know, it, it, we, we have money and then for whatever reason we have needs that we have to spend that money on and it, it tends to disappear now uh we're talking about these first six verses and it's talking about people who are rich who have um, who have not done things right they have uh, misappropriated funds they have uh, basically stolen from uh, those who have worked for them by the way uh, we won't ask for a show of hands but how many of you uh know when feudalism came about. Was feudalism only in the middle Ages? Is that where is that where it, it, it became popular or you know things that happened or, or were there was there a type of feudalism that that happened before that? Uh,
1: that define, define feudalism.
0: Well, feudalism is simply is the idea that uh, there is a a landowner and he uh, he hires or or has people working for him uh that don't own the land but are working and then they hopefully get paid oh. something we're not talking about we're not talking about slaves we're talking about serfs if you will
1: yeah they had it in braveheart
0: they had it in braveheart okay so <laughs> well, that was uh past, maybe okay. past the Ages, maybe the end of the Middle Ages. Yeah. yeah
1: they basically but it basically yeah. meant was real quick it was that if the land had the owner the the guy that owned the land was guaranteed protection for the serfs and then they had a religious group that kind of guaranteed their religious thing. So it's a combination of three different things. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Larry and I thought you were going, Larry and I thought you were going to say January twentieth, nineteen 2021. What about it? Oh, feudalism. Yeah, I thought you were going to say January twentieth, twenty twenty one. No, that's called tyranny. Oh, okay. There's a difference. I thought it was feudalism. Feudalism Feudal. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I'll, I'll 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 let you in on a, on a secret. Feudalism actually was uh, was something that happened actually even during Roman times. Yeah. Now most of the literature that you read about Rome and most of the, the the history that we have of Rome all centers around the cities, all centers around urban uh, situations. And but the, the the strange thing is that. Uh, Historians say that only about 10% of the Roman Empire actually lived in urban areas. The vast majority lived outside and many of them were not slaves. They were, for lack of a better term, they were serfs. Um, They worked the fields of the people that owned the land and they were then supposed to be paid uh, for doing the work. And what happened was that in this particular instance, uh their wages were not paid and this is what James is addressing uh in fact it's so uh, it's a strong strong uh, uh, attack that that um, James has it's probably as bad as anything that's in the Old Testament if you were to look at Hosea or Amos or Micah or Joel or Habakkuk or Zephaniah uh, that this what we've just read would would fit right in with what they're saying about this whole situation uh the poor uh, in in israel the, the rich uh abused the poor it wasn't just uh slaves but it was uh, the people that you know the everyday per- person that was working the fields um so this is something that that's been around for centuries it wasn't just something that developed in the middle ages and um the, i guess the question that, that comes to my mind is how in the world the Christians who are who are wealthy end up becoming so bad. Remember, this is addressed to believers. How is it that they get this bad about it? And and I, I guess the way I would answer that I think is that, um, you know, we we talk about friendship with the world means you're an enemy of God. We talk about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And I think that that a lot of that has to deal with envy and the temptation of envy and the temptation of wanting more. It's never enough. And that's a struggle, I think, that all of us have, especially for some of us who have who are approaching or have approached and have become, you know, retired and we're going, Well, I put away money. Am I am I hoarding it? And I would say, no, I don't think so, unless you are hoarding it, you know, and I and only you can answer that question. There's no one that can, you know, and we're going to, we'll delve into that a little more as we, as we go through this, but I, I, I have a couple more things to say as we get a little further into this. But one of the themes that I see that comes throughout that runs throughout the whole book of James is trouble.
2: Mm.
0: There's a lot of trouble that, that keeps cropping up and I think that what it points out is that one of the things that marks mature Christians is what do you do when you're facing trouble? When you're facing opposition, when you're facing tests or temptations or whatever the term you want to use for that. And I think the answer is this, is when you're facing trouble, how do you respond? Do you pray? Is that the first, your first response or is it your last response?
2: You know, I get to the end
0: of the rope. And I've and I've got nowhere else to go. And finally, I turn to the Lord in prayer, I say, "Oh Lord, help me now." Instead of going to Him as the first resort.
1: That's good. I I think that it, uh, as 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 you mature and and frankly as you get older, usually, uh, although it may happen with you know younger people too, but uh, when you're younger, you rely more on your own strength and you you don't turn to God first. And then you realize as you're older that that that's the first place you need to turn when you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, certainly a mark of spiritual maturity. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully as we get physically older and if we spend time with the Lord, maybe we, hopefully we become more spiritually mature. I've often thought it would be very, uh, it might be rather discouraging, although it might be kind of funny uh, to, if, if God were to give us a pair of, you know, God goggles, if you will, that we could put on, and we could see uh, the spiritual maturity of the people around us. Ooh. You know, some of the people that we <laughs> that are older, we would see that are are at best maybe teenagers. You know, and maybe some of them are still toddlers. Maybe they're in their terrible twos still. You know,
3: but who uh, determines and how do you determine that you're spiritually mature? Because Based on life experiences and uh, various uh, other factors, every one of us is going to have a different view of where we yeah. are and what what's our what's spiritual for us. So, well, I think we, the part you can't of can't judge
0: another person. Well, true, true. Uh, although I I will tell you that there have been some people that that you know they they've been in <laughs> leadership positions, and I'm going. If they're mature, I boy, you know, I don't want to <laughs> I'm, I'm head and shoulders over some of them at times, I've thought, but you know, that, that, of course that's that's nothing but pride, I'm sure. Um so how how do we know if we're spiritually mature? What's the answer? How how do you judge your own spiritual maturity?
2: Fruit of the spirit. Yeah, fruit of it the spirit. That's a good be one. Be yeah.
0: Yeah. What what else?
2: Well, well I think, I think was,
1: if, if answering the question is the first thing that you come go to is to um to pray and if you can say yes that's a that's sign of a, yeah, spiritual a maturity.
0: Good, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and how much of the flesh takes over quite you know,
2: and how and how often. Yeah, yeah the opposite of the fruit of the spirit.
3: It it looks to me that it has to do with bad stewardship over here.
0: Okay It doesn't right, so. say,
3: you rich people, you're gonna go to hell. It's, it looks like it. okay, God has blessed you. What are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. You know in our view, we tend to be kind of jealous of people that have more than us, which is wrong in the first place. That doesn't mean they cannot take advantage of uh, the blessing of their labor. right. But over here, the result is you trusted too much in your chariots and your horses mm-hmm. and they're falling apart. They will mm-hmm. fall apart. Mm-hmm. And how you uh, be a good steward of what I give to you, I think. Yeah, James, James is not saying it's wrong. It's a
0: sin to be rich. I'd right. you know that. I'm, I don't know that any of us are, are. I don't know all of our situation, but I'm assuming that none of us are are in the
3: uh, the one percenters. Uh, so we cannot say like, "Oh, Malone, you feel too rich." Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I think that what we need to understand is that that uh, the issue here is selfishness in our riches. Yep, is where the issue is. Uh, James is displaying, uh, if you will, a rage against the rich, not because they're rich, but because of the outrageous acts that they're committing against the poor. Think of this, uh, both in Mark and in Matthew, Mark chapter 10, Matthew chapter 19, uh, Jesus speaks about the people who are rich. And he says that Jesus says to the disciples in Matthew 19, verse 23 and 24, he says, I tell you a truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. I have no idea if that means... The true eye of a sewing needle, or if it means the eye, there there was a uh, there was a gate in Jerusalem that was so small that it, that the only way that a camel could enter it, it was considered the eye uh, of a needle uh, in in the Jerusalem gate, and it required a, a, a camel to actually get on their knees to be able to get through the gate, you could crawl through it. So I don't know. Regardless, it's a picture that becomes uh Interesting as we as we struggle because if first of all if it's an eye of a needle it means there aren't a whole lot that come to Christ if it's a true sewing needle if it's the other way it means that well, I would say that it points out that humility is a big thing a big factor in getting through that gate you got to get down on your knees you know that would be so uh, you know I, Jesus gives the parable in Luke uh, Luke 16 about the rich man and Lazarus you know the rich man has all this wealth and He's not a believer and ends up in, in, uh, in the punishment area of Sheol, if you will. Luke uh, 21, uh, Jesus is looking at the rich who are putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And then he sees a poor woman who puts in two of the right. smallest coins possible. And he says in Luke uh, 21, uh, verse 3, he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all of the others. Verse 4 says, All of these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty to put all that she had to live on. And I'm not saying that that's what God requires of you. God is not saying, as he did to the one servant, the the one rich young ruler, sell all of your goods. He doesn't say that to everyone. He said it specifically to one guy. Why? Because that guy was relying on the wealth that he had. That was much more important than following God. So it, it it all depends on how we look at the wealth that we have, whatever God's given us. James one, uh, J, uh, not James, I'm sorry. First uh, Timothy chapter six says, uh, you know, he talks about don't uh, be careful of the love of money. He says it's it's the it's a root of of evil. Second uh, Timothy, second Timothy, I want to turn there and read it real quick. I didn't put it in my notes, but it came to me as we were talking or as I was studying on this earlier second uh, Timothy chapter chapter 3 says but mark this there will be terrible times or, or troublesome or dangerous times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And Paul says to Timothy, have nothing to do with them, well, I would say that in some cases, some of you should stop Should stop uh, being a part of my study because I tend to sometimes fall into those traps. It's easy. It's so easy for us to do that. Terrible, to, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. That's tough. And he, ta- he uses language uh, that is language of uh-huh. humility. Weeping and wailing is 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 the period is the, is the is the is the the language that one uses to to describe humbling themselves. Are we willing to humble ourselves before God? Sinners who have heard the prophetic word of, of judgment should mourn and weep over their sins. <coughs> now, instead of waiting for the judgment that's going to come, you need to judge yourselves versus letting God judge you. In the economy of God, those who are oppressors who cause uh, abuse are the ones who are going to be judged. Um, he, he goes on to talk about, the, you know, what their riches are like. He goes to, he talks about the clo- clothing was one of the primary signs of wealth in antiquity. Uh, m- many uh, peasants, huh. uh, even, even Jesus had one garment. You know, I don't know what you had to do when you decided to wash them. Maybe you washed yourself and them at the same time and kept them on your body so you could let them dry as you walk through. I don't know. I don't know what they did, but this is, you know, it was interesting. As you got wealthy, you'd have more than one garment. I, I Any of you look in your closets, you know, I went through my closets one day and I got rid of a bunch of them. And then it, somehow they just, they multiply. I, I actually think my clothes multiply themselves when they're in the closet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really do <laughs> because I'm amazed and part of it is you know like when I was traveling overseas a lot I had I had shirts specifically to travel overseas because they were easily washed out and they easily dried you know they're that special material whatever and so I started buying those and I realized I got like a week's worth of, of you know those of those shirts and I started the last couple of years I started wearing them instead of wearing all my other stuff. I got clothes I don't need. Yeah. I have way too many clothes. Um, same problem. Uh,
3: we have stuff we don't need and we
0: still don't get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know what we do is we end up going to get a storage unit to store it in. <laughs> yeah. You need it. Do,
1: do, you, uh, do we often get stuck with considering our wealth as a gift from God when? So many other gifts of god aren't storable you know if you you're a good speaker you don't really can store it you know what i mean yeah, Whereas,
0: that's, that's an interesting perspective yeah that, that's, there's probably some probably some truth to
1: yeah. that. i think it, i think it's a i think it's a flaw to consider wealth a gift from god in that way i mean because we miss we abuse it right
0: well, I think I think God gifts us. I think some people are gifted with the ability to 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 uh, you know create money or
1: or to uh, uh, save money. Right. So maybe they're to help others who can't. Isn't that what this kind of saying? He says you've got the stuff, and you need to yeah. focus of what you're doing yeah. with basically. Yeah, you need not to make chance, yeah. not, that not that it's bad to have it. In other words people you know need comes up and you have the ability you should reach out to them that's what this whole book's about love of love of other people
0: right
3: right not bad
1: to not share it that's really i think what he's getting at
3: i I
0: think you're right i think one of the tough things is when you you know if you are living on the edge of your means or maybe over the edge of your means and the lord makes it apparent that there's a need and you don't have the ability to meet that need because you can't figure out how to make your next payment on your debt. Uh, then maybe you're over living over beyond your means, and maybe you need to do something about that. One of the things that years ago I was challenged was, you know, when I was teaching, was the fact that um, you know I, I need to cut down on what I'm spending so that I can meet the need of when when it becomes apparent and God lays the, the the need you know lays it on my heart to give and i'm going i can't i can't afford to lord
1: how do we do though if we took our same wealth we have here and just moved us to another country that's really struggling it'd be nice to see what we would do there well yeah yeah
0: based when on, what you, based like on kings, what you know obviously. based
1: on what you know of world travel and uh-huh. how people do <clears throat> there based on what we have it'd be nice to see how we would function there would we blow it, have a bunch of people as servants, or would we take and help other people out? I think that's the yeah. I think you'd probably end up living the way you live now. So if you're uh twelve percent of the US
2: <laughs>
1: global, you know, you live in that level, then you would live at twelve percent in another country. You know what mm. I mean? I think that's your yeah, You're obviously if you're at the like I said, one percenter, you'll be lots of service and stuff like that. But I feel like you probably live very similar.
0: I think one yeah. of the things that, that you know, I think we need to be interested in, in, in thinking this through is, is not to, you know, if, if you can hire, if you can afford to hire people, you know, I don't know whether you're hiring, you know, some of us still cut our own grass. Some of us have our grass hired, you know, we hire to have someone do our grass or to do our yards or to do housework. That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, because you're, you're paying someone to, to do a job and they're earning, they're, they're making an earning. So there is, a, there is a positive side to having some wealth, right? The, the question is, are you using that as your security? And that's, you know, uh, some of us have had this discussion privately uh, where we've talked about the fact, you know, we're either entering retirement or getting close to or maybe we are in retirement and our concern is we look at, at what we have and, uh, and, and we're concerned. Do we, it, are we basing our security on our wealth? And to some degree, that's part of the whole issue of planning, right? God doesn't tell us we can't plan. But we plan with the idea that if God moves, we need to be willing to make whatever kind of adjustments we need to make as a result of that. Uh, you can't take your wealth with you. Although I've known people that have tried to have it buried with them, right? I was a pharaoh. Think of all the stuff you buried in, you know, and all these people have dug it up,
3: right? But this is uh, over here. It's a illicit rich to become illicit rich here. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were stolen. Uh, by the way, on a side note, you don't have to put on a record. That's how mafia started, by the way. Just in case, if you want to research Salvatore Giuliano, that's how we started. Landowners, oh yeah, landowners that promised so much to the workers, and they never got anything. So, it started with the idea that they should be paid and they should be getting part of the land. We break your legs well no they that's how the violence started afterwards and basically it's the same picture that we see today the so-called rich are getting richer and the poorer are getting poorer thank goodness Please. i don't i don't know if it has to do with the believer here but it's for sure a warning for anybody but specifically for these people that they took care of themselves without taking care of uh,
0: People, this they, yeah, it. This, yeah, what they did is they cheated their workers.
2: Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this is that we have um, basically James is calling out this group of people. And you think about it, when 70 AD came, it destroyed everybody and everything. And when the Christian doesn't look any different than the other person who isn't in wealth, you know, it—that's uh, a shame. There is no light, and mm-hmm. God upon those people. And mm-hmm. think of what happened after—you know, when James was written, and not too much after that. So many years later, it, it, James is a warning. Yep. And you know, for those who say they're believers, and if you don't look, look the same as the world, guess what? There is no light, mm-hmm. and sooner or later, God is bringing judgment on you. So yeah, this
0: is in fact that's exactly what this is about. Here is we're talking about some of the judgments that's going to happen. Notice that this misuse of riches erodes your character. Verse three, their corrosion will eat <laughs> your flesh like fire. James says, uh, we're told in in uh, t- that the love of money is a root of all evil. First j- Timothy six, uh, we're told in the in the c- commandments, thou shall not covet. Uh, you know, I just need a little more, you know, what was it? The story that was the, uh, was it Rockefeller was supposedly asked, you know, when is enough enough? And he said, when I get just a little more, wow. You know, how much do you need? Well, you know, when I get a little more, I, you know, I think to myself, if, if things had happened, I would have had this much more money and, you know, I've been just enough. I'd have been okay. Well, maybe I'm okay now. Maybe I'm exactly how God wants me to be. Maybe it's okay to to to, uh, to struggle maybe at times. Look at look at what Jesus or what James says about judgment. He says here. He says first of all, he says the rich men's wealth will witness against them, in in verse three. He talks about the fact that the wages that they held back from the from their workers will also be a witness against them in the courts.
2: El, can you read read the beginning of verse three, that first sentence? Uh, yeah,
0: let me get back to James chapter five, verse three. It says, "Your gold and silver are corroded."
1: Okay, right there. So that's that's my question. Uh, gold doesn't rust or corrode. Yeah, that's a,
0: that's a, <laughs> so what we're looking at here is again probably uh, symbolically. Is what we're talking about because obviously gold and, and rust or gold and silver don't rust, but they they can uh, they can uh, uh, tarnish, right? So- no,
1: nope. gold cannot tarnish. It's a noble metal. It, it 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 can get red spots on
2: it, but that's usually silver.
0: Okay. All right. So what we have here is we have a situation where where the wealth is going to witness against them, basically saying there's so much wealth there, it's almost as though it's corrupting or corroding your life Uh is the idea here. It's not again, it's not a huge, it's not like, okay, your actual gold is going to corrode. But think about this, where Jesus says where you're uh, to store your riches in heaven. And not to do it on Earth, where gold uh, will will corrupt, will will rust. Jesus says this in in uh, in teaching on on wealth as well. He also says moths, that you, moths you're, are going to eat your clothes. Yeah, moths are going to eat your clothes. You ever had moths get into your clothes <laughs> and eat them?
1: <laughs> no, not yet. My, Gypsy my, moths in my trees, though.
0: Yeah, we we had we had a situation a number of years ago. My one of my daughters uh, went and spent some time with some friends in Tennessee. Came back unbeknownst to us and had a larva in her clothes and the larva and the moths came in and they laid eggs and et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly I had uh, wool sweaters that had holes in them, you know, because of the the moths that got in there, they destroyed my, uh, destroyed a couple of sweaters.
1: Um, so is it the caterpillars that eat them?
0: I believe so. Yeah. I'm not sure how it all works, but I know that my wife goes, "Oh, we got moths. We got infested with moths, and that's what's causing the holes in your sweaters." So we had to, you know, try to kill them. Um, but we have we have wealth witnessing against these men. We have their wages that they've withheld from the uh, from the, uh, the 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 men and women that have worked for them. That's that's testifying them, and the, even the workers themselves. In James four, uh, James five, verse four says it will, it, that it will testify. They will testify against these wealthy people. D- judgment is a serious thing. By the way, there are at least two major judgments yet to come from God. One of them is we call it the Great White Throne Judgment. This is in Revelation twenty. Are we got time. We got just a few minutes. We'll get through these two quickly. In, Je- in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, it says, I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, great and small, stand before the throne and the books were open. And another book was opened. That was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone's name that was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So the issue here is at the end at the end of days, where the, the final last judgment, this is not for believers. This is specifically for those who have not had their name written in, in the Lamb's book of life. All right. Right. <clears throat> And I can remember, we used to tease one of our one of the deans at, at the school that I was at. He was an Arminian, and a number of us weren't. Uh, and I was kind of in the middle of the road, and we used to talk about the fact that his name was written down in an erasable bond, because there were times when his name would be scratched out, and then it would be written back in, and scratched out, and written back in, and which is you know, probably not appropriate, but as young men in college, we thought it was incredibly funny uh to poke fun at him um anyhow there is another i'm sorry okay there's another judgment it's called the judgment seat of christ it's found in romans 14 and second corinthians chapter 5 it says in romans 14 it says you then why do you judge your brother or why do you look down at your brother or we all are going to stand before god's judgment seat It is written, surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess. And so then each of us will give himself an account of himself to God. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting verse 9 says, and so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away uh, from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Each one of us may receive what is due to him for the things done while on on, uh, in this body whether good or bad. Think of it this way. Are you gonna receive a, a crown? Are you gonna receive accolades? Or are you gonna receive, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know, a lump of coal or whatever? Are you gonna, in other words, are you gonna be judged like you're judged at a, at, a, at a competition? You get your score. Did you get a good score or you get a bad score? How'd you do? All that stuff beaver? you brought in there, you get burned by fire. If it's gold, silver, or precious stones, it survives. Wood, hay, and stubble? Not so much. Not so much. So God will not judge our sins because as believers, they've already been judged at the cross, right? And we've already been found washed clean of our sins. But it's our works, our, our ministry. It's what Ephesians 2.10 is about, not what Ephesians 2, 9, 8 and 9 are about. But the good works that we're required, they're going to be judged. Are we faithful in serving Him and glorifying Him? We'll receive reward. If we're unfaithful, yeah, our reward will we'll probably lose a reward, but we won't lose our salvation. Um, it's a good thing to have money. It's a good thing. It's good to get to be able to buy things with money, right? And and you can. It, it's also there are things that, that money cannot buy. You know, what good is a is a five hundred thousand dollar house if it's not a home? I guess it's that time, isn't it? All right. We will pick this up next week. No, two weeks from now we'll pick this up because next week we got Brad talking to us. If he is doesn't take a whole hour, we'll we'll maybe take a look at this. But in the meantime, be care, be careful with what we do and what we have. Right. And make sure that we that what we do is that when God tells us to, to share what we have, be willing to share it. That's all. The, he, there's nothing wrong with enjoying the fruits of our labor. Nothing wrong with driving a you know a nice car, having a nice house, uh, having some of the, the benefits of that. But on the other hand, God on the other side of that coin, God says, Are we squandering what we have? Or are we using it to, to help glorify him? And when we do. God's pleased, and we receive a reward. All right. That being said,